Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to the NXT Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture. Michael Sidgwick taking a well-earned day off to review NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review NXT but also Raw, SmackDown, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on wrestle chat as i said though joined by michael hamlet to review nxt and a chaotic episode but a rather enjoyable one in my opinion hamlet yeah i don't know what to think um i'm not sure if i enjoyed this episode or i fell victim to like more smoke and mirrors than what used to be in cody Rhodes old entrance theme <laughs> it was as you say like they played with like the idea of chaos but it never it's WWE, like everything feels manufactured, chaos included. So there were points where I was like, whoa, things have gone crazy, but it, it's all very kind of forced craziness. What I did like was that with just two weeks to go, they used all that chaos and all that smoke and mirrors and that manufactured craziness to like quite neatly assemble an In Your House card I don't hate. Mm. Um, I quite like the pay-per-view card now. Um, most of it is what we would have previewed and what we would have expected, but just seeing it all laid out after the show, I, I, I think this was effective. Honestly, I'm going to use this review to inform my opinion of this episode because <laughs> I still I still don't know. Yeah, I, I thought this show absolutely flew by, um, as you say, yeah, yeah. with, the, with the, the, the madness of it all, but major takeover developments, four matches already on the card. You sent, I could probably guess, what the fifth match is going to be, considering what happened in the main event. But we will get to that in due course. Let's start at the beginning of the show, because the show opened with that triple threat match to determine who will face Karrion Cross at TakeOver. The answer, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be everyone. Uh, but it was Pete Dunne, <laughs> Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly. We never saw this one coming. Uh, an enjoyable triple threat, given the caveat of triple threats, so the constant... Right, knock you out and we'll do it a bit of a spot. But I thought they, they interacted really well together. And these three stars, I thought, actually genuinely complemented each other. Brawl straight from the off. Uh, O'Reilly just twatting both Gargano and Dunn. I suddenly realised, oh, yeah, he's kind of at a disadvantage here because they both are heels and probably hate him. Anyway, um, lots of great like submission 
stuff that was counting into other submission stuff. O'Reilly goes for a submission, uh, gets done in a cross arm breaker, but then Gargano gets involved and then he and Dunn lock O'Reilly in a double submission. Uh, Dunn goes for a surfboard stretch on Gargano, but O'Reilly breaks it up. O'Reilly goes for Gargano's midsection with knees, but then Dunn grabs in, comes in, grabs both men, snaps their fingers, stomps on their hands. Uh, there's later on, there was like a, a back and forth backslides between uh, Gargano and O'Reilly, which Dunn just broke up by kicking everyone, basically. Uh, Dunn went to put O'Reilly in a Kimura. Gargano broke it up. O'Reilly uh, then got a leg lock on Gargano, who's trying to kick him, but then Dunn breaks up the hold. Uh, great counter uh, from Dunn's bitter end by Gargano, swinging DDT, then lawn darts uh, Dunn into O'Reilly and gets a near fall on him. Gargano goes for a, another... He's been doing topes and spears all over the shop in this match. Uh, this time he goes for it, but O'Reilly gets him in a guillotine. Then Dunn picks up O'Reilly, gets him in a sleeper, and then Gargano tosses O'Reilly out, gets Dunn in a crossface. Dunn escapes. He hits Gargano with the bitter end. It looks like Dunn is going to be victorious, but then O'Reilly comes off the top and hits him with a flying double knee just to stop the count. Then O'Reilly and Dunn go out to the floor, double clothesline, and then all of a sudden, the most handsome bastard in NXT, Adam Cole, comes down. He's got a chair. He's hitting everyone. O'Reilly, Dunn, he just throws it at Gargano's head. He's wrecking everything. Referees are trying to stop him. Officials are trying to break it up. He just keeps twatting people. Uh, Dunn starts brawling with him. So Cole gives Dunn a brain buster on the floor. Then he hits O'Reilly with the last shot. Gets in the ring. Sizes up Gargano. Last shot for him. William Regal comes down. He is foaming at the mouth. He's furious. And Cole goes, all right, all right, I'll leave. Ah, super kick O'Reilly. Just wants more before I go. <laughs> Uh, this was a bonkers, thrilling start to NXT and certainly not what we expected, Hamlet. No, um, not what we expected. Like, a definite surprise. Um, and I, I can't decide whether or not to be kind to the finish as a result. Like, I really like this match. Um, great recap, by the way, because like you were trying to get through everything that we saw there at Breakneck Pace and that was how it was wrestled. Yeah. I felt like it was quite quite reflective of the viewing experience. Can't say it was like the most psychologically sound match I've ever watched. Um, and they didn't particularly play with the suspense of the finish, but there was just a lot to look at, like loads and loads to look at. Like I enjoyed this from Kyle O'Reilly in particular, far more than just about anything he's done as a singles wrestler since breaking off from the Undisputed Era, um, because there was no time to be staring at your hands. There was no time to get dramatic. They didn't go down that route of the now very cliched, like NXT headliner style. If anything, it's what's making these wrestlers like the type that you dread getting to see because that top line gets dragged into these like overtly dramatic singles matches. Um, this didn't do that and it didn't even try. So I was kind of like, it, they played this as not giving you an opportunity to catch your breath. Mm. Um, as I say, there was a total absence of psychology, but I, I did really enjoy it. Um, the, like, and like, I enjoyed being surprised by Adam Cole as well. Yeah. Um, I just, I, don't know. I, I still don't know. I like it was a pretty amazing beatdown from Cole. Um, I loved the sly super kick at the end. Like that was awesome. Um, I don't know if this ties with where they left Adam Cole as the guy that was like chilled and above it all. Like I, I, I don't. I feel like they've kind of just thrown that away, maybe, and just brought him back as this intense championship contender. So it doesn't feel terribly connected to where we last left Adam Cole. Um, but I was buzzed with the match and I was buzzed with the surprise. So I broadly positive. 
Yeah. I don't know. What, like, what you tell me why I'm not committing to this because there was something that, like, there's something holding me back here from just like, like heaping praise upon this, and I don't know what it is. Well, I think it's also the fact of they promised a winner of a triple threat and then just gave us everyone, which is annoying because it's you know it's sort of like, well, what what, what rules matter anymore? Mm. But I'm okay with it because it wasn't like Cross was the one who came down and went, right, I'm just going to murder everyone and go, well, I guess I don't have to face anyone or anything like that. And by the way, that's not a shot at AEW. I know why they had to do that with that uh, Orange mm. Cash Deep uh, pack match uh, on Dynamite a while back. I, I, do you know why I liked it? It's because I get it where you're coming from, where you're like, well, hang on, how does this you know, chime with the Adam Cole character? But I can also see Adam Cole... Uh, by the way, when the ch- first chair shot happened, I thought because of what we booked or what we guessed was going to happen, I thought, oh god, here we come, here he goes, right? Okay, here's only look, and then we'll get Bobby Fish, and then, and I went, wait a second, that guy's got hair. Oh, it's Adam Cole. So that was my experience <laughs> this morning. But yeah, the reason why I, I enjoyed it and I appreciate it is because I can picture Adam Cole sitting by that pool, going, not bothered, not bothered, and then someone coming up and going. Mr. Cole, just to let you know, they've picked uh, three number one contenders uh, that are going to fight out next week on NXT. All right, who is it? Sorry, Johnny Gargano's in it. He literally just lost the unknown. Like he's like, well, if I'm gonna if they're all getting flipping shots, then I'm having one. And if I'm gonna try and get myself weasel my way in, if you want to, you know, portray it as that, I'm gonna have to make an impact and ruining a triple threat match, not coming down and costing someone, taking all of them out. If it all goes to a no contest, I was like. Yeah, I, that's something I can foresee Adam Cole planning out in his head. Of like, I'll let him go for 15 minutes, tire each other out, and then just come and twat everyone, and I'll be the one standing tall. And yeah, regal. What I liked as well is like, I, I talked about the chaos at the beginning. Emma Moon isn't someone who would go like, bollocks, out the way, I'm going to the ring. But I can also imagine her going, well, that match isn't having anything happening with it. Oh, bollocks, I'll go out then if everyone's out there. Just her storming past Cole and the referees and Regal and being like, no, I've got something to say as well. If we're if we're if we're you know getting on a soapbox today, and also the thing is, is they didn't. Do you know what saved it as well for me is obviously what happened later on with Karen Cross just going, I'll face everyone. Um, mm. Is the fact that they didn't go well now? Adam Cole's done that. We'll have a fatal four way next week to determine the number one contender. That's why it's okay in my book. Uh, but I, I can understand reservations because you're trained as a wrestling fan to go well hang on they didn't give us a definitive result here so i'm kind of frustrated by it but it is justified because it's completely in in what adam cole would do yeah like this is it like we don't want to jump ahead too much we got our match by the end we got our takeover match which was what was supposed to be delivered from the triple threat so i guess maybe they're saying well you know look you were told by the end of this takeover you know that a more contender is just happens now there's four like mark i Again, I, I'm still all over the shop. I, I really don't want to jump ahead to the, the Cole Cross stuff just yet because it was really, really great. But I even think this is like a good decision. I wouldn't normally Absolutely. camp it. I didn't want I didn't want a triple threat at double or nothing. Um I'd rather have singles matches for title matches. I think they're better, I think they're easier to build, I think they're easier to tell the story. I think multi-man matches devolve as you would expect them to do. Cross singles matches are kind of dull. And maybe through both Cole's promo and the end result of in your house. Maybe like maybe this was actually the right way to go. Now, of course, that opens another line of questioning. Well, why make the champion a guy that you don't trust in singles matches? But they've done that, so maybe this is like making the best of a situation, which maybe they're starting to acknowledge is isn't great. Like, are they going to go back and look at that Finn Balor match and think, mm, like, 
maybe the uh, the critical analysis that we listened to on the What Culture Wrestling mm-hmm. review was correct, and maybe a singles match isn't what's best for Takeover, and like Booker Multi Man instead. Like, I think I like that end result, and I'm glad you mentioned the Ember Moon thing as well because I thought that made good use of the the manufactured chaos. Mm-hmm. I really genuinely did quite like that they moved straight on to the next thing. Um, it felt like a it felt real. It didn't feel like the WWE play my music, promo train, interruption thing. And it's nice when they deviate ever so slightly from the formula. Um, and I think as well, Ember Moon and Raquel Gonzalez suddenly became a hot angle as a result of that. Um, so I thought that was quite a, from last week's beatdown that to me felt a little bit like, oh, we need to make good because we've just beaten Kyle and Gonzalez. Let's give them some heat back. Like this week there was actual heat. And I think part of that was generated from Moon and Gonzalez emerging from the carnage of that, like that opening brawl, that opening thing with Adam Cole. I thought that was re- like a really good way to build heat on that feed. Yeah, we'll talk more about the the multi-man world title match when we get to that in due course. It could be an absolute disaster, but <laughs> far more invested in that and have faith in it being a great match because it's less Johnny Gargano or Kyle O'Reilly or Pete Dunne getting a great match out of Karrion Cross and then having a great match and Karrion Cross being there so we'll Mm. get to that though and yeah just a word on ember moon i could picture ember moon had this match had a finish let's say gargano gets his hand raised and they've they've done this a lot i think they've done it more on the main roster maybe where someone's still celebrating and someone just walks past them it's normally you know like finn balor mugging off someone just walking out going i'm here to talk about this or whatever but the fact of ember moon i could you could it made sense in your head that she'd be standing at a gorilla going, right, well, I'm not annoying. I'm not a knobhead. I'm not going to go out and say, I want to cut a promo in the midst of a number one contenders match. But once that's finished, I'll go out there. And it's just like, well, it's not finished the way I anticipated, but I need to have words with Raquel Gonzalez. So yeah, she stormed out. She grabbed a mic. She said, Raquel Gonzalez, get your big ass out here. Uh, she's going to hold the show hostage until she gets out at Regal's like, what is going on, kids? <laughs> um, so Gonzalez storms out. Regal goes, don't get involved. She goes, out of the way. Out of the way, Billy. Uh, they get into the ring. Brawl. Uh, Moon kicks her, knocks her out of the ring. Uh, the security taking out Gonzalez when in comes a fluorescently pink-haired Dakota Kai uh, to just nail Moon from behind, attacks her, beats her down, and uh, Kai and Gonzalez are all smiles as they go back up the ramp as, as Moon sells in the ring. Yeah, like you say, it's gone from like, oh, okay, we're going to have, well, we'll probably have Gargano and Cross at TakeOver, and yeah, I suppose we could have Moon and Gonzalez to being like, well, I can't wait for next Sunday. Love this. Really, really love this angle. Um, Ember Moon is not the um, coolest and smoothest typically on the microphone, but she wasn't given so long to expose her here. Mm. Um, felt like quite like she only had just enough time to say the absolute necessary and then it was on with the physical stuff and Emma Moon is still really good at that um, and loved how she was ultimately set up to take a beating from Dakota Kai it was left ambiguous, great that was like Raquel Gonzalez answers the challenge straight away she's not afraid of Ember Moon and that's the kind of heel she needs to be like she can be a bad guy but also like be confident in herself and be cocksure and know that she can go out there and beat her up by herself we were left not to know whether or not uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai hatched a plan here, or was this Dakota Kai just using an opportunity to get the better of Ember Moon 
and Raquel Gonzalez getting to kind of reap the benefits of it this time around. It also built really nicely to the very obvious and important singles match next week, yeah. because what Ember Moon hasn't done really, um, other than in tag team action, is quote unquote earn this title shot. She's in a, a serious heated rivalry with Raquel Gonzalez. Next week, she gets to pick up a win. And yet again, as it was in the tag match last week, Dakota Kai is kind of inadvertently setting up opponents for Raquel Gonzalez, isn't she? She proved her worth to her this week by beating her up when she got back in the ring. But you would expect Ember Moon to beat Dakota Kai next week. And Gonzalez could, like, you would imagine next week there'll be a conversation where it's like, oh, I'm going to soften her up for you. Like, there's going to be nothing left of her for, in your house. It's going to be easy pickings for you. And then Ember Moon's going to get the win. And Raquel Gonzalez, that's fine. I'll beat her on Sunday, but you didn't exactly deliver on your promise there, did you? And I, I like I like how they're kind of using these two as well. Um, I thought this angle was a total success. Like, did way more than I would have imagined them capable of, of establishing Moon as a proper challenger to Gonzalez and heated up the singles match next week really nicely. Uh, a couple of promos next. Legado del Fantasma saying they're going to claim their destiny by winning the NXT Tag Team titles. And LA Knight, ahead of his match with Jake Atlas, comes out, cockshaw, hey, hit my music, braggadocious, usual bollocks from him. He's the second coming of the Million Dollar Man or whatever it is. Before we got to the LA Knight, uh, Jake Atlas match, though, uh, we cut backstage, or we, we cut to early on in the day, Bloody God, careful, everyone. Blake Maverick uh, is hanging out with... Uh, well, he's not hanging out. He's been asked about the whole Dexter Loomis thing. Ever-Eyes come in. Boy Popper's extraordinaire. And then who could who would pull up? But Hit Row themselves. Ever-Eyes try and go, oh, you want to take a swing again? Or whatever it is that they say. <laughs> and Hit Row just go, you, you're a bunch of losers, you are. And I was like, don't you say that, Swerve. Leave him alone. <laughs> um and uh, he's cut. They're cutting. Uh, they're cutting Everise down. And Maverick, who has no association with them, is enjoying watching this. And then suddenly Swerve turns to him and says, "What are you laughing about?" They get into getting each other's faces. Killian Dane comes in to save his little mate uh, as a stare down. Nothing happens, but that could be a, a really enjoyable match going forward. That hit row versus Maverick Dane, and well, more Everise on my TV is always good by me. Yeah, it's nice to know that when the uh, when the chips are down, Killian Dane will come in to support his friend Drake Maverick for that, um, like quite nice, easy win for Hit Row. That's not to undermine uh, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick, but that's the level they're at at the moment. Yeah, um, they're very established as a team, very over, but a nice, like first major win, a big scalp for Hit Row. Um, love Ever Eyes continuing to be like Ever Eyes Live is now a thing. Mm-hmm. We've yet to. We've yet to like for them to earn what they want, which is the talk show slot in the middle of the ring on NXT. But I like that they keep forcing it into existence. <laughs> like they were there in the car park with their mugs, their Everize Live mugs in their mind. This was an episode of Everize Live, just like last week when they were having one as conversation was kind of thrust upon them. It just it seems like, and all these people, like, you know, they're being asked one question, Will Bond, every week in Everize Live. And every week the answer is no. Do you want to take a swing? They don't. No. They fear, they fear Everize. Uh, we're just not getting to see that fear enacted. No, I like this. Um, it's all very pantomime from everyone involved, in truth. Like, I don't think Hit Row came across like serious badasses or anything, but their in-ring presentation, people do. Yeah. So I think if and when they beat Killian Dane and Drake Maverick, it'll probably be like a fairly successful first rung on the ladder win for them as a group. Absolutely. Uh, 
I think ever eyes are like the wrestling equivalent of those people who try and get in the background of like news reports and then they turn the camera <laughs> and follow it. They're just like, oh, well, they're filming something over there. Well, we'll get involved then. They're not booked for anything. So, yeah. The one that turns up on uh, Sky Sports News on Transfer Deadline Day with <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, LA Knight versus Jake Atlas was next. Uh, this all sort of centering around, obviously, Ted DiBiase as well. Uh, he came out to ringside to watch the match and uh, at that point... Knight saw him and sort of got fired up trying to impress his father figure, daddy issues. I don't know. That's what I got at the end when he was yelling at daddy was he was shaking his head and walking off. Um, he's a cocky bastard. That's the story of the match. He thinks he's got Jake Atlas handled. I, I was so happy that I knew what was coming, but I was just so happy that Atlas got a win because he's just great and he deserves more in my opinion. But yeah, LA Knight had, was in control. He's, he's mocking him. He's just you know, vaulting shoulder tackle. He's just battering him all over the place. They have this back and forth with a vertical suplex and then eventually Knight turns it into a neck, neck breaker. Of course, with Ted DiBiase out there, Knight goes for a million-dollar dream, but Atlas fights back and uh, Knight goes, right, I'll just throw you out onto the floor, which was a rough little bump. He finally gets back in, just breaking the 10 count. Um, Knight attacks him more, goes to the second rope for a, for a double axe handle, but it takes too long. He's He's being a cocky bastard. Have I mentioned that? Uh, Atlas punches him. He front flips. Uh, Atlas takes control, has kicks and punches. And I love this. You heard him before you saw him. There was a little voice that just suddenly started coming through. And I was like, <laughs> that's who I think it is. Yes, it was Cameron Grimes. He has not given up on, you know, <laughs> pitching himself to Ted DiBiase. Uh some might say he's the turd that won't flush. Not me. He's the polar opposite of that. Uh, he's Mr. Hanky. I want him to stick around. Um, he's there still pitching himself, as I said, to the million dollar man. This, of course, distracts LA Knight. Uh, Atlas takes over. hits a standing moonsault. Uh, goes to the top rope. Knight goes after him. Looks like Knight's recovered and concentrating on the match. And then he gets uh, into a shouting match with Cameron Grimes. That allows Jake Atlas to crotch him on the ropes and hit the best finisher in wrestling today. I love that cartwheel DDT. If I had 2K, that would be Adam Bourne's finisher. Uh, but yes, ha! Jake Atlas pins LA Knight, gets the victory. And yes, Ted DiBiase shakes his head in disapproval at LA Knight, who's shouting after his father figure to still love him after that, that disappointment more on this in a bit but what do you reckon to the match um too long in truth uh i think it went some way to exposing la night without giving atlas like loads of the finish is great it's always great we all say how great it is but it didn't give him like a ton of shine because it was la night's match to lose rather than his to win like the way, in the way it was constructed yeah um so it went too long for being able to get that across um like can we get to in your house and this angle now can we do this bit now because i've got i've got I've, I've got this the book inside i've got the fantasy oh, book in go on then. um so the graphic that flashes up later on obviously is of la knight versus cameron grimes with teddy biossi in it isn't it you've raised the point there they're doing a bit of a daddy issues thing with la knight cameron grimes was stood next to dbossi all of this is to still trying to win dbossi's approval isn't it we know there's a million dollar belt lingering somewhere backstage at the cwc that he's going to give to one of these two men so you're going to have la knight versus cameron grimes the match is going to be better than we expect with cameron grimes has always got these bangers in his lockers i'm going to go with grimes for the win yes right? i think the i think the cave-in gets the win and uh dbossi is going to stand as he did looking on and he's going to nod finally with that sort of approving glance of his at cameron grimes they're like 
you know, tonight, as you both know, it wasn't just a match. It was about me selecting my new million dollar champion. And I've watched this and now I know for definite my million dollar champion, Jake Atlas. <laughs> Having him being the one to kind of benefit from all of this with wins over both Cameron Grimes and LA Knight, DiBiase's seen everything he needs to. And Jake Atlas is going to be repackaged as the new million dollar champion. And that's going to be the, the upshot for Atlas of all of this. I love that. That's a really good bit of booking. Um, that's like that's what he's been watching all along in all of this. But yeah, I do like the fact that they haven't just gone. Yeah, Ted DiBiase hates Cameron Grimes. Now he's watched him get his ass handed to him once, and uh, he's decided that LA Knight's his guy, despite how unbearable he is. Obviously, greater promos, you know what I mean. Um, and uh, yeah, later on, he was he said said in an interview with Mackenzie Mitchell, a Knight dropped the ball. Grimes impressed him, so. He's still not committed. And uh, yeah, just another, like you say, we talked about at the beginning. It's gone from like, oh, what are they going to put on this takeover? Because, you know, you've got five slots. You can fill sort of two, three at a push. I don't know what else they're going to do. Maybe convoluted justifications with dragons and all that bollocks and, you know, million dollar <laughs> legends. But yeah. I'm already thinking, right, do I stay up late on the Sunday? Will we do a live stream? Do I get off early <laughs> on Monday morning? I'm going to be watching it. I'm going to be very excited when it comes. Because it's next weekend. It's, they sneak up on you, these. It's ridiculous. That's right, yeah. It is. It's coming, uh, coming and in the midst of all this, we got a shot back in the NXT trainers room where they're all getting checked on. Adam Cole's handed everyone their arse. And uh, Oni Orkin goes, oh, oh, hey, 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 get this camera out of here. He said, oh, yeah, Pete Dunne would be the number one contender if it wasn't for Cole. And Austin, Austin Theory, man, he's, well, yeah, well, no, actually, actually, <laughs> no, Johnny Gargano would be. And they yell at each other and they brawl a bit and security has to separate them. Yeah, just the little weasels in the corner just arguing about that. I mean, it wouldn't have made sense for Bobby Fisher to be like, well, no, my friend would have done it. But yeah, these two, <laughs> I mean, yeah, fun, good stuff about them just bitching and moaning. No, really good. Um Again, like it's sort of, I appreciate like I trod on your toes with the, the whole DiBiase brains and brawn thing later on, but this feeding it, DiBiase cutting that promo and that promo right before a commercial break being interrupted by Adam Cole coming back, I thought again was like just a nice directorial choice for like trying to like recapture what you had in mm. that opening bit with Ember Moon. I, like, and I thought it was effective too. I really did. I thought it was really effective. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. It almost felt like something that they would do on the Wednesday Night Wars in terms of like, we've got to keep watching because this is just rough. Yeah. Like, this is what holds your attention. And let's talk about Adam Cole. He, he as you said, walked across the Ted DiBiase interview. Like, I know uh, I, I shouldn't do this to myself, but like, that's the beauty of it, of on, on Raw, poor Kevin Patrick has to ask a series of questions and they go right back to you guys. And you're like, okay. And then on to the next thing. This is like, we've got two hours and we need to get on with stuff. So straight on to the next thing in the midst of the other thing. And I, that holds my attention and that would hook me had I been watching this in America across a break, for example. So Cole comes down to the ring and just, I just thought, Oh God. Oh, you know, you just don't realize how much you've missed it. Just a, uh, an I'm the best promo from Adam Cole without having to do a back and forth or an interview or anything like that. He says, I became NXT champion two years ago to the day. You're looking at the real number one contender. Everyone's tried to live up to my legacy. Everyone's failed. I want that NXT championship back. He calls carrying cross a overrated muscle head who doesn't deserve to be in the ring with him. Tell us what you really think, Adam. Uh, <laughs> outcomes, of course, carrying cross and Scarlet at this. Cross comes down. He calls Cole little man. He did look like a little man standing across from carrying cross, but he understands what Cole did earlier. No matter what he does, though, it's not going to change that when carrying cross arrives, suddenly Adam Cole was no longer special. Cole calls him Mr. Overrated, I believe, this time. Uh, he says he's not Adam Cole, baby, and never will be. Uh, he has the girl, he has all the the, the pyro the fancy entrance effects but all cole needs to be special loved this line by the way all cole needs to be special is for them to ring that damn bell he just cross is just the guy who has adam cole's property regal comes down he's still absolutely furious understandably he says i know what you're doing cole you're 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 trying to weasel your way and i'm not going to let it happen and cross goes shut up (laughs) who do you want to face at takeover karen cross yes he'll face Everyone. He wants all four men against him in the ring for the title. And Cole leaves and in a brilliant sort of tempestuous response, clears the announce table, climbs on it, says, I'm the best. And then goes, no, that's not enough. I'm going to hoy a water bottle at Cross and his missus (laughs) and then run off. Great stuff, this. Really great. Really, really great. Um, So 
unbelievably knowing that, like, I, I, I believe NXT books, like, quite formulaically and, um, like, very little is an accident on NXT. But this made a believer out of me that this was actually a spontaneous choice to go with this five-way because this felt so energised and exciting in comparison to the cross baller chemistry or the even the mini angle between Gargano and Cross. Like, all of this felt like a... You know when, like, somebody would get injured or the mumps and WWE would over-deliver by putting Kurt yeah. Angle in a shield outfit or something? This, like, this had an energy of all of that. And I, I don't believe that's the case. I think NXT knew exactly what they were doing. Like, I don't believe it's, like, as random as it appears and they deserve a bit of credit for just booking this. You know, like, I just want to give them credit for how they present the wrestling show. But it didn't feel like that. And that's the main thing. You know, it didn't feel... Like, it was just, oh, this is where they're always going to go. Uh, Adam Cole's, you could argue that it's a bit like the Anthony Agogo thing. Maybe Adam Cole's promo was too good because he absolutely incinerated Karen Cross here. <laughs> he, he raised every complaint about Karen Cross thus far and thrust it right back in his face. Um, Cole's fantastic at everything. So he did a really good job of um, keeping himself the heel. Like throwing a water bottle was such an inspired choice. Remember when um, the Young Bucks sprayed the cold spray? Mm. Uh, um, what was her name? Oh, I hate myself. Heart. I think he, yes, yeah, um, yeah. With this, with their, um, like, Yes, because you really have to be careful how you do sort of acts of, like any act of violence against a woman in wrestling is a very like a, like a, a, a tight rope to walk, basically. Um you don't want to go back to the misogynistic days of the late nineties where you're getting fans to pop at like Tommy dreamer pile driving Francine or something like that. Throwing the bottle of water was like really unnecessary. And he threw it yeah. at both of them. He didn't just love it at carrying cross. He was glad for it to ricochet off Scarlet as well. I thought <laughs> you absolutely, you absolute dick mate. You're like, you complete prick. So you completely like, you remain the heel in this uh, cross being the one effectively to strong arm Regal to book in the five yeah. way was so much more organic than William Regal saying, right, well, I've sat with Triple H and Shawn Michaels and we've come up with this uh, mm. Iron Man ladder match that's going to take <laughs> place on, on top of a steel cage. Like, so much more organically arrived upon than just the usual, like, daft stuff they were like. Mm. They were just, like, they were just throwing the wall last year and seeing what didn't slide down, weren't they? Like, mm. this this didn't feel like that at all. This felt like an in-character choice of carrying cross. So I'll take on all five of them. Like, I'm not afraid. Mm. Um, so it gave his character like a bit more of its metal back, which I liked. Um, yeah, tremendous segment. And again, this is why I was like so conflicted with the five way and how we've arrived at it because a lot of it, like a lot of it looks like last year's panicked booked NXT. But I think if you peel back the first layer, you might see that they've done a bit of work to arrive at it. So... Yeah, the more we talk about it, the more I think I like it. Julia Hart was the name we were looking for. Julia Hart. I was going to say Susanna Hart. And it was, do you know what, as well? I was thinking Julie Hart, and I was like, that's Bret Hart's ex-wife. Like, <laughs> I had to go with somebody else that hasn't got a heart name, and everyone's got a heart name in Canada. So, but yes, uh, Julia Hart. Uh, we had a, a backstage interview with Candice LeRae and a forlorn uh, Indy Hartwell staring into space. Um, well, basically... The story that I just can't even remember what, what Candice Lorraine really talked about here because all it was was <laughs> on Indy Hartwell. She's got headphones on. Lorraine suddenly realizes she's distracted. She goes, What's up? What were you listening to? And she realizes that Indy Hartwell is listening to 80s power ballads. And later on in the show, I'm going to put this together because I'm a man who likes his wrestling, but he also likes his sports entertainment as well. 
Dexter Loomis coming around later, popping the headphones on and the single tear rolling down. <laughs> I am 100% here for this. This angle, I can't believe they've done something where I'm like, right, well, what's happening with Dexter Loomis on this week's NXT? Yeah, um, this was amazing. Of course it was. The, the one tier payoff later on the show was fantastic. Let me remind you what Candice LeRae was talking about because I'm going to fold this into something in a way that I think is going to make us both pop our daft tits off. Candice LeRae was annoyed that Poppy is coming to NXT next week. Oh, God, yeah. Now, let's talk more about that because I know what you're expecting from me, but I'm going to give you something different. Of course, I'm excited to get Poppy back. Um, Poppy, the original demo god of the Wednesday Night Wars. <laughs> the, only, the only thing that was securing the 18 to 39 demo, whatever it was, was Poppy. Um, she's back next week. And Candice LeRae is like, really pissed off about that because they're the tag team champions and she doesn't want anybody to be talking about Poppy. She wants people to be talking about the tag team champions, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Two things I think are going to come from this development world one. And if we even get one of them, I'll be happy. If we get both, like this is going to win the Wednesday Night War and it's taking place on a Tuesday. <laughs> the two things that I think are going to happen is that last week we were trying to think of ways in which Dexter Loomis can finally get um, Indy Hartwell back on side, right? And this week he's heard the headphones and he knows that Indy Hartwell is still holding the candle. He's sad. He's going to get Poppy to serenade her. Yeah. Right? One, of, one of Poppy's performances is going to be dedicated to Indy Hartwell as like sort of commissioned by Dexter Lemus. That's class, right? Candice LeRae is only going to be even more incensed by this. So that's one development. Candice LeRae is going to be even more incensed by this. Livid. She's going to come out in the middle of like the second performance and push Poppy over or something, isn't she, right? She's going to, like, sick of this. This is my show. I'm Mrs. N like, my husband's Mr. NXT. I'm frigging Mrs. NXT. And like, what gives you the right? Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell versus Poppy and Io Shirai in your house. Oh, my God. For the goddamn tag team titles, Will Bond. <laughs> it has to be Foreigner. I don't want to know what love is. I want Poppy's version of Foreigners. I want oh, to my God. She, like, nailed that stand and deliver cover at the last takeover. <laughs> oh, my God. I am a man who will fight for your honour. <laughs> Risking it all for the glory of love. Like that. <laughs> I, uh, Io Shirai and Poppy fighting for the tag belts in your house. Oh my days. Oh <laughs> my God. I forgot. I, I had Poppy in my notes for later on, but yeah, I forgot about that bit. Oh my days. Uh, right. Next up, a couple of, uh, well, we had a couple of vignettes. Uh, one was introducing Carmelo Hayes, the former Christian Casanova, who was debuting on the show as part of Kashida's open challenge. He said he was going to be the next Cruiserweight champion. Uh, and we also had uh, Zia Lee. A swearing revenge, basically, on Mercedes Martinez. A lovely callback to their match in the May Young Classic. Tian Shah's there. Uh, later on in the night, we got Mercedes Martinez responding to to all that and uh, saying she's she's answering Lee's challenge. She'll destroy her at Takeover. That's going to be an absolute low key banger on Takeover, isn't it? Yeah, um, a real surprise of a video package this was because what they tried to do. Um, and I kind of, I respect, I'm not so sure it's going to work long-term, but I respect their efforts here. In Shanshar's original sort of attack on, um, well, it was Casey Catanzaro, I guess, wasn't it? You know, and like the whole point was, is that like Zylee's, all of Zylee's failings, as you pointed out in the preview yesterday, were effectively beaten out of her in this reinvention. Mm -hmm. So now they're going to go back and revisit all the time she failed. And it's more than just we're targeting Mercedes Martinez. It's that it's almost like part of Zylee's reinvention is that she has to go back one at a time with the help of a thousand year old dragon ghost <laughs> and like right the wrongs of her original NXT run. That quite nicely folds in what they did to 
Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. And now it's going to be Mercedes Martinez. And it's going to make you look at what else Zaya Lee did in her past and potential other opponents. It's a way to bring some reality to the fantasy. And I really like it. And Mercedes Martinez, like not being terrified of it is another reason that makes her the perfect opponent. Mm. Because like I want her to no sell this. I don't want, this is NXT, right? If it can be nothing else, it can still be not raw. I do not want Mercedes Martinez to get Shayna Baszler's wobbly legs. I want her to believe that she can just, this is not real. Like, you know, what? I am, I'm real as, and I'm not going to tolerate this. I'm going to beat you at takeover. Mm. And then it's not going to be about superpowers. It's going to be a bit about the fact that Xia Li is different now. It's like, yes, there is a dragon ghost on the stage, but Xia Li's harder than she was before. And it's going to be that what beats Mercedes Martinez, not voodoo. <laughs> Please don't clip this for the day after the show when voodoo's beating Mercedes Martinez. So Voodoo, the big star of uh, TakeOver. <laughs> uh, so then we got the uh, open challenge from Kushida. I hope this becomes a regular thing because this was a banger. Carmelo Hayes on his debut really impressed me. Um, back and forth at the beginning, test of strength. Uh, Hayes hit a standing sunset flip for a two count. And I was like, hello. Uh, Kushida fights back. Hayes uh, counters with a rolling axe kick. Um Hayes pushes Kushida off and Kushida turns it into a handspring back elbow. Uh, tosses Hayes, they go to the outside, uh, hits him with a knee, tosses Hayes back in, goes to the top rope, but Hayes dodges it and hits a super kick. Uh, I got a, lo- a modified La Mystica for a near fall on Kushida. Kushida rallies, uh, cartwheel hip toss, goes for the hoverboard lock, Hayes blocks it. Kushida hits him with an open palm strike, that running kick to target the arm, and then a hoverboard lock submission victory for Kushida. I don't think um, Carmelo Hayes lost anything in being defeated as part of his debut. Kushida's just brilliant. This is the perfect spot for him of just like, I'll fight someone, we'll have a great match and we'll shake hands afterwards. 100% here for this. Yeah, this is class. What are um, what are open challenges for championships if they're not opportunities to get people like that showcase spot? You know, if you think about John Cena giving every all of those mid-carders their most high-profile match of the year in 2015, I think Cody Rhodes getting Eddie Kingston a job. Um, this was like a kind of a, a just one tier below those type of performances mm. from Kushida. I thought Kamala Hayes looked class here and I knew not a thing about him yesterday. Um, so this was super effective in that regard. Um, NXT likes this because what happens now is that Kushida goes on to have more of these matches and at some point, like an angle, will spring forth from one of these open challenges. It might be with Carmelo Hayes. It might be with the guy that he fights next week or the week after or the week after. Um, but if you look at how they've booked people in the past, um, this is not Carmelo Hayes' like, rocket-strapping moment, mm. but like, like a Leon Ruff or like a Zoe Stark, good things will ultimately come his way and it'll probably be traced back to this very first match. Um, Absolutely nothing wrong in losing here, losing clean, no less. Um, I thought I just, I just thought he looked everything that he needed to, which was like confident enough to believe he could win it, but inexperienced enough to fall short just at the end. Like I thought the measure of the match was just right. Kushida, like Kushida's run of late has been one of the low key best things about the show. Mm. I think he's, He's having his best run since coming to NXT, starting from earlier this year. Um, and I include back when he was like playing the creep hunter uh, and just battering guys. Like this in-ring run has been Kushida's best spell on NXT. Uh, just really enjoyed it. I just don't expect like, don't expect the moon on a stick for Carmelo Hayes now. But this, 
I like I just I'm confident that I know NXT enough. This performance won't have gone forgotten, mm. and Carmelo Hayes will become like Jake Atlas. Yeah, you might see him on the lo- you might see him on the losing end more on the winning end, but like it doesn't mean that they're tiring a the guy. You're just watching the guy's development and watching the guy's progress. Yeah, not to hark on about this, but like them moving shoots to Tuesday nights has got so much better because there's no way this would have been given this amount of time to breathe. No, in, yeah, in a match where, on a show where they'd have to hoy on eight championship matches and legends and whatever it is to try and counter AEW. So it's just so much more beneficial. Um, they confirm, yeah, as we mentioned, Cameron Grimes, LA Knight, and uh, the the vital five way for the NXT championship. Then we got MSK were backstage hyping themselves up. They say what no matter what, no matter what Legado do Fantasma does, they're gonna walk out with the NXT tag team titles. And then Frankie Monet's backstage getting her makeup done. She's got two assistants who are just hanging on her every word and cooing over everything she says. And she's reading tweets, putting her over, of course, and she says, Don't worry, I'm just getting started. And I thought. Yeah, you are. You're great, you are. Yeah, that presentation of Frankie Money was superb. Those assistants were like arseholes. I love hating them already. Um, it, an entourage was something that like, I didn't really think about as one of the things that they could do to further enhance this character. Um, I was all about dogs and glitter. Um, yeah. about the, I'm about the entourage as well now because these were insufferable immediately. Let that entourage get even bigger. Let there be more awful assistants. They're obviously going to be trainees, so they're going to be able to take bumps. Um, I wonder if they're going to not bother giving her a takeover match and instead just have her appear on the show because yeah, she can yeah, and wants yeah. to. Do you know what I mean? I think it's like it's a bigger flex to just turn up and think, uh, <laughs> I didn't need a match. This show just needs me. Mm. And just do some, maybe set up an angle, maybe set up her first big angle. Is it like she comes out, she just tries to take over the show and then somebody gives her a first like punch in the face that she doesn't like very much. And that sets off your first storyline for her. Uh, we got uh, Zoe Stark and Zayda Ramirez versus the tag champs, Candice Lorraine in the Hartwell next. Uh, the big surprise in this, though, was former WCPW senior referee Chris Sharp. I was like, what are you doing there, Chris? He's been on an XT UK, of course, uh, but a really nice surprise to see him in there. He is incredibly talented at his job. He eats a lot of offense when he needs to i can't remember which i think i feel like he got murked by walter or at a super kick or something when he was working in nxt maybe around that world's collide time uh but also just a personal side note he's just a lovely bloke he's just a really nice bloke i'm so glad for him uh and you may have seen him as well actually in that david arquette documentary um so yeah best mm-hmm. luck to him uh did a great job i mean you know nothing nothing to to report here just a solid job as a referee, but yeah, lovely to see someone uh, getting that recognition and, and moving to, to, to NXT, whether it's temporary or, or, or not, I don't know. Uh, but in the match itself, um, obviously the tag champs are in control. They're, they're sort of working over Ramir. They're overpowering her. They're just tagging in and out. Eventually, uh, Ramir fights back, nails Larray, tags in Stark, who wipes out both women, kicks them both. She eventually tags out, but then she gets knocked to the outside by Indy Hartwell, and they uh, hit their double finisher, which is, I believe, called the Wicked Savage. It's the Wicked Stepsister and Randy Savage's elbow. Straightforward victory here for Candice and Indy, but um, yeah, good to see them getting more time here, and and, and obviously Zeta Ramir and, and the brilliant Zoe Stark. More, more reps in the ring. Yeah, again, like just a super effective and economical use of television time. This um, the match was better than it had any right to be for going like four minutes and having no build. Um, yeah. I thought I thought this like really put over Zoe Stark as a threat, even in like defeat for the team. Um, 
I, I really like like how they brought in both Zoe Stark and Zadie Ramia. You know, um, it's a nice feeling that Ramia can be, mm. you know, like rough around the edges, but clearly have the potential to be a player in this division, like mm. somebody that has, has obviously got the chops. Zoe Stark, even more so. Like I love the I love the way they've used Zoe Stark so far. Nothing's been nothing's been full bore with her. Like every time she loses, it doesn't feel like she hasn't like put in a hell of a shift. Um, I, ju- I don't know. I just I got like a lot from Zoe Stark as this like very effective like tag wrestler for now that is ultimately going to break out to be something really quite special. But in the meantime, like a superb way to put over your tag champions, they absolutely should be winning this match, and they did. They're the champions. They're the, they're the division's best. Uh, this is where we got that backstage promo from Mercedes Martinez answering Lee's challenged. She'll destroy her at TakeOver. Uh, Ember Moon's getting interviewed. She is really annoyed. Uh, and she says next week we're going to see her face to Kai, And then she's going to beat Raquel Gonzalez at TakeOver, the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, they confirmed here as well. Poppy returns to NXT. Get in. I'm so excited. And then we got the main event, which was, put simply, a classic tag team title match worked brilliantly i thought msk legado del fantasma santos escobar at ringside um just just watching on his charges and looking very pleased with himself very pleased with these boys for for large parts of this match uh, uh midway through it we had the grizzled young veterans who looked like they were coming down to get involved and interfere in this match but of course through the crowd immediately run tomaso champer and timothy thatcher they fight they brawl to the back and that just allows these guys to just put on just a sensational match. We all knew what they can do and they they pulled it off. Um, Lee and Carter later on toss Wild and Mendoza out of the ring. Carter hits a moonsault from the corner. Lee hits Wild when those running over the top rope flippy things to the outside. Um, later on, the quick tags from, from Wild and Mendoza. Wild comes in uh, and nails Lee with a, they, they work together to hit a double Alabama slam, a tree splitter and a double drop kick. Eventually Lee crawls over and gets the hot tag to Carter who just runs wild and nails wild, ironically, with kicks and a running knee. Um, he super kicks wild, super kicks Mendoza, tags in Lee and they hit that. You do a flip and I'll push you thing which is just still <laughs> pops me every single time they do it uh, Mendoza though gets a blind tag Lee doesn't realize and eventually gets hit with a jumping kick from the top rope and a crossroads for a, a two count uh, double team from Wilder Mendoza on Lee in the corner uh, they hit a super hurricane runner into a power bomb for another near fall Mendoza nails Lee to the outside and Santos Escobar looks at this pube at his feet and toys him into the ring steps puts him back in the ring and they hit that double team move of theirs. And it looks like, oh my God, the God of El Fandasma are going to cheat and they're going to take the tag titles. But Carter comes in right at the last second, brilliantly shot that as well. So you didn't see him come in to break it up. Uh, Escobar is blowing a gasket. He, he knows how close they are to winning the tag titles. He's cheering them off a ringside and then wham, he gets sandwiched uh, against the uh, the barricade, uh, against the, the crowd. Uh, protective thing by Bronson Reed. More of that, please. That was fantastic. And I, I can't wait to see these two work together again. Uh, Mendoza and Wild obviously get a little bit distracted by this. This allows MSK to come back into it. They hit that heart attack blockbuster on uh, Joaquin Wild. One, two, three. MSK retain in a brilliant main event, Michael Hamflet. Yeah, this was fantastic. Um, where to even start, man? You can never 
ever replicate Keith Lee to Adam Cole into the fans, but you no. can pay nice tri- you can pay nice tribute to it. And Bronson Reed emerging from absolutely nowhere to flatten Escobar was unreal. Um, they've done. Yeah, let's do that bit first, I guess. They've done a super effective job at giving you one more bite of this six-man or um, that North American title match for TakeOver. I could see either of those being added to the card and I wouldn't have much to complain about either, to be honest. Um, If anything, the six-man is quite a nice opener and it preserves the North American title and the tag belts for another show. Quite something that was saying that you can preserve two sets of titles for a TakeOver. Speaks to like how more regimented they've been with the booking later on, that you can actually tell a few stories again. Um. So the finishing sequence is particularly great. I didn't, very, very, very minor criticism. So I guess this is like a sandwich. Um, as great as that save was, I don't think I ever really bought the titles changing hands. No. So I liked I liked the save within the context of the, the drama of the finish, but I, I wasn't like, oh my God, it's actually happening. This wasn't um, Orange Cassidy winning the AW title kind yeah. of near fall. Um, and maybe that's one of the reasons why. Maybe I'm looking at a comparison from a couple of days ago that felt a little bit stronger. But um, I like the save nonetheless. I liked I like the flow of the match. Um, MSK just can't do no wrong at the moment. Um, from the moment, and great that they included this, by the way, but from the moment that Champion Thatcher chased off the Grizzard Young veterans, um, this match just hit top gear and refused to let up. Yeah. They didn't um they didn't from that point feel the need to try and drop back into anything resembling like a traditional heat sequence. Like, yeah, the heels were in charge, but like it was pretty much when like Wesley got that like desperation DDT and made the hot tag to Nash Carter. That was it. The match was like full bore from that point onwards to the point where Bronson Reed's doing the big run at the end. And I just love that you can with workers of the quality of Phantasma and MSK. I love that you can rely on them to have that kind of, because that portion of the match, they still had about another like seven or eight minutes to go. Mm. And it just went at like a breathless pace from that point. And I just, I was so impressed that they were able to do that and it not feel like, for the want of a better phrase, like flippy. It didn't, you know, it felt like they were, mm. that they were still in a fight for these belts. Um, loved the inclusion. I think Grizz, I think throwing out Grizz and Vets and Thatcher and Champer was almost a flex from whoever put this match together to say, we've got a tag division now. Look, look at us. <laughs> That's what this felt like. You had rivals for both champions and challengers, but you had rivals that were rivals with each other at the same time. So you've built, what, about four different matches with those run-ins, mm. followed by a minimum of two matches with the run-in at the end. So, like, a great way to use interference. Um, and a really, like, this never hit a takeover level, but as a television main event, it was probably the most spectacular thing NXT can offer. So mm. I think this like this delivered on like what were fairly lofty expectations. And I continue to really love like like the work they've done on this tag division. Um we've got there, Will Bond. We've done it. We've done the review. And yes, I did like the show. Yeah. I like the show a great deal. This is this has settled my mind in a way that I wasn't sure where it was going to go. I did enjoy this show. Yeah, it was really, really enjoyable for me. Uh, and well, a quick shout out as well to Raul Mendoza, who was great in this match. And clearly he's presumably carrying some sort of face injury with that mask he was wearing. Uh, so credit to him for just, just it not affecting him whatsoever, seemingly. And mm. yeah, I just got that image to close out the show. I just thought, you know, we talk a lot about oh, what's going to happen if and when they lose their Garganos and their Adam Coles and their Champers and stuff. And that shot of MSK and Bronson Reed, I realise it's going to be, a, you know, they have to do a lot more. But it just felt like 
Maybe NXT is going to be all right, eh, lads? Maybe, <laughs> maybe everything's going to be okay. But yeah, I thought it was a great show. Do let us know your thoughts on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Me and Hamlet have got a top 10 debate coming your way a little bit later on today. And, of course, uh, the AEW Dynamite preview is coming on Friday because uh, wrestling shows are all over the place at the moment, basically. But very much <laughs> looking forward to the two takeover in your house. Not only have we got the return of Poppy, of course, next week, we've got the return of Todd Pattengill to look forward to next week too, uh, presumably on the pay-per-view. But maybe, just maybe, they'll book him in a tag match after he interferes on Dynamite or uh, on <laughs> NXT or something. But yes, this has been the NXT Review. Subscribe to What Cooked Dressing for daily wrestling podcast. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.